Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. The Organic Farming Scheme, OFS, has opened this week for new applicants. A tender process has been launched for the management of the new €1.5 billion Euro Agri-Environment Scheme. Reports suggest that farmers' margins will be squeezed in 2022 as input costs rise compared with a year ago. We hear about a project to get 50,000 children growing their own food in classrooms across the country this spring. And John O'Connor has more on the stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. Extra funding and changes for the 2022 reopened organic farming scheme. Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Senator Pippa Haggett, has announced that the organic farming scheme has been reopened for new applicants. It's part of the Programme for Government commitment to substantially increase land farmed organically in Ireland and comes with an additional €5 million Euro in budget to encourage new entrants. Applications for the scheme must be made online through the department's online system, which is simple and straightforward, agfood.ie, all lowercase. Minister Pippa Hackett said there is a wealth of information and guidance available to farmers through her department, through Chagask and the other organic certification bodies. Farmers, of course, she said, should also speak directly with their own advisor if considering joining the 2022 Organic Farming Scheme, now reopened. Minister Hackett wanted to encourage every farmer to inform themselves of the opportunities which the scheme offered and to give it their full consideration. The Organic Farming Scheme is an agri-environment measure under the Department's Rural Development Programme. Farmers entering the scheme could qualify for yearly payments of up to €220 per hectare during the conversion period and up to €170 per hectare when they have achieved full organic farm status. Higher payment rates are also available for organic horticulture and for tillage farmers. Farmers who apply this year can also avail of any new rates introduced next year under the new cap. 
The scheme has been open to applicants from all sectors from 9th of February until 8th of April 2022. Changes to the current scheme are the area at which farmers will receive higher payments has been increased from 60 hectare to 70 hectare in recognition of the larger area farmed by full-time farmers. Extensively stocked farms will now be in a position to receive a full organic farming scheme payment provided they satisfy the minimum stocking levels which apply under the Areas of Constraint Scheme ANCs. A guide to the organic farming scheme application process and an FAQ frequently asked questions document is available on the department's website to assist potential applicants. Chagas have developed a series of new organic fact sheets which give information to farmers considering organic enterprise options. In addition, a new guide Organic Farming, a step-by-step guide to conversion, has been developed and is now available on the Chagas website. If the scheme is oversubscribed, successful applications will be determined by a ranking and selection process. Marks will be awarded for each sector with the aim of increasing the area under organic production, while prioritising areas deemed to be in deficit. The areas deemed to be in deficit by the Organic Strategy Group are dairy, tillage and horticulture. Copies of the Organic Farming Scheme terms and conditions are available on the Department's Organic page. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Well, as you've been hearing, the Organic Farming Scheme, OFS, aims to financially reward farmers who commit to farming their land organically. Joe Callagher, Tagusk Organic Specialist, addressed the merits of organic farming when he spoke to Catherine Egan on the Beef Edge podcast. Yep, we're, we've been waiting for the scheme, so it's open. There's, we're hoping that there'll be good interest. There's been a few rule changes that might entice a few extra farmers. We're currently at 2% of the land in Ireland under organic production, and we're trying to get that to 7.5% by 2027. So we're hoping this uh, opening of this scheme is the first step in getting towards that target. And how many farmers are currently in the organic scheme? There's about 2,000 across the country in the currently farming organics uh, or farming organically. Uh, The majority of them would be dry stock enterprises, uh, the beef and sheep enterprises in particular. And then the smaller enterprises would be the tillage, horticulture, dairy, uh, poultry would be the smaller ones. Um, I suppose it's just the, it typically tends to suit the dry stock farmers, but maybe they've less changes to make to convert to organically as a lot of them would be very extensive in nature anyway. So that's probably the reason why there is probably more dry stock farmers in there rather than the other sectors. And what are the typical systems of production on beef organic farms, Joe? The beef systems, we have a mixture, really. We That would be a breakdown pretty... Well, you probably have a majority of suckler farms and then we'd have a good few specialist finishing farms as well. And really what we want, I suppose, in the organic scheme is we want a mixture of both uh, kind of together. So... Um, where you'd have the farmers either selling at weanland stage or maybe selling at 18 months of age stage where they take them to the end of the second grazing season um, and then uh, would sell them on to the specialised finishing farms. And we have some very good examples of specialist finishing farms where quite profitable enterprises um, fattening maybe up on 100 head of cattle, uh, typically on zero concentrate with a lot of use of red clover silage and whole crop silage uh, just to, to finish the cattle and they're, they, they, they are quite profitable. So a mixture of both really would be the, the ideal scenario. Where are the current markets for organic beef? 
The you you have the main processors, which is your Good Herdsman in Care, and you have Slaney Meats in Wexford. Uh, they're the two main outlets for organic beef, and both of them are. Uh, there's actually a shortage of organic beef in the country at the moment. Both of them are looking for cattle wherever they can get them organic cattle. Um, so they're they're the primary outlets. But then you would have a lot of um, people. There's a good few beef farmers on the country that are selling direct to consumers uh, through kind of the beef in the box kind of a scheme. Um, then you'd have some of the smaller outlets and you'd have people selling to the local butchers, some of the health food stores. So there's, there's a lot of uh, varied uh, markets out there. And I suppose the nearer you can get to the consumer, the more value you can keep in the animal for yourself. Uh, so that's one of the big benefits of organic uh, farming and the direct selling option within that. And for farmers listening, Joe, interested in adopting an organic production system, what are the first steps to conversion? Well, the first step, Catherine, is the farmer has to convince him or herself that organic farming is an option for them. So you, you have to believe in the whole concept of organics and in the principles behind it. Um, so I suppose really you, you are farming with nature a bit more when you're farming organically. So you have to kind of ask yourself, can, can you see yourself doing that? Can you see yourself surviving without the bag of fertilizer or without the spray? Um, and if you do, uh, then maybe it is worth considering. Um, then once you've yourself converted and you've, your head got around the whole idea of it, then you have to look at what you need to do on your farm to convert to organic. So in the beef side of things, one of the big things is the housing. So um, is your housing suitable for organic farming? So one of the, the core requirements of organic farming is that 50% of the floor space has to be solid floor area and straw bedded ideally. So if you've the typical slatted shed you need to look at how can you get that straw lieback area uh, incorporated is it can you get access to existing sheds in the yard you have to build a new straw lieback what's that going to cost you can you get tans grant aid on that and you have to look at the areas around that that's that's the key one for the dry stock farmers is is the housing side of it in terms of veterinary and other issues like that there's very little changes um the, one of the core principles of organics is that the welfare is number one and it comes ahead of most other things so if an animal needs a certain product to treat a certain ailment then that animal gets it it's what happens before it and after it is where the difference comes in so uh, the vet has to prescribe absolutely everything in organics when it comes to veterinary treatments and the other change then is afterwards most of the withdrawal periods are typically doubled um, in in uh, organic systems Joe Kelleher, Tagusk Organic Specialist, addressing the merits of organic farming when he spoke to Catherine Egan on the Beef Edge podcast. There is growing concern that up to 13,000 beam farmers, that's the farmers who took part in the Beef Exceptional Aid Measure Beam, will receive letters outlining how much money they will have to return to the Department of Agriculture as part of the controversial Beam Scheme. Some farmers, it's feared, would have to pay back 11600 the maximum payment in the scheme, with 3% interest being applied to monies owed past the date it fell due. It's emerging that almost €18 million Euro is to be clawed back from farmers under the BEAM scheme. Just €77 million Euro out of the €100 million Euro allocation to the scheme was actually drawn down. The department clawed back over 5.2 million from 3,600 farmers to date, with an expected further 12.5 million euro being clawed back from 7,200 farmers when the 2021 stocking rate figures are finalised. 
Farm organisations have admitted defeat in getting any changes made to the scheme, but have made representations to the Department of Agriculture personnel to try and extend the time allowed to repay the money. So far, these requests have fallen on deaf ears, and a 3% interest rate will be applied on the money owed. The average payment made to farmers under the scheme was €2,325. A detailed report on the situation in this week's edition of the Irish Farmers' Journal. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellogue, has launched a tender process for the management of a new €1.5 billion Euro agri-environment scheme. John O'Connor is with me to discuss more about this and the background to it. So, John, can you put a figure on the number of farmers who are likely to benefit from this scheme and how much would the estimated payments be? This scheme is being referred to as AECM for short and it's planned that 20,000 farmers in a variety of environments would earn up to €10,500 each. The AECM scheme will operate under Ireland's CAP strategic plan. Has the AECM been given the green light by the EU Commission yet? Well, it was submitted to the European Commission in December of last year, 2021, and it's hoped that it'll be sanctioned. In the meantime, tenders are being sought for the implementation of AECM scheme. And the 10,000 farmers you referred to are being pinpointed as likely beneficiaries of the AECM. And where would they be based? These farmers would be across eight regions of Ireland in areas deemed to be of particularly high-value nature. And is there a list of the most likely locations or types of environments to qualify as being of particularly high-value nature? How are these high-value nature cooperative zones selected and where are they located? The selection principle of these cooperative project CPs is that they facilitate the effective implementation of locally targeted and adapted agri-environment measures in identified high environmental priority areas right across the country. These include areas dominated by semi-natural vegetation, both privately owned and in commonage, Natura 2000 lands and priority water catchments, etc. These areas are of high nature value, hold significant carbon stores and are home to some of the naturally cleanest pristine waters in the country. And I understand a map has been created to highlight these areas of high natural value which you can list. These zones were divided on a geographical basis into the eight CP Cooperative Project Zones when the map was being drawn up. Further refinement was carried out by applying nature and water priorities to the zones. To give this list as follows, nature priorities, Natura 2000 sites, natural heritage areas, NHAs, all offshore islands, the Burren region, breeding hen harrier regions, curlew breeding areas, areas covered by two life projects, wild Atlantic nature and corncrake life and river sub-basins known to support large areas of Annex 1 grasslands. And what about water priorities? River sub-basins containing water bodies with high-status water objectives would be included. And finally, John, how will a listener know if they are farming in one of those high-value nature locations with the option of applying for one of the cooperative projects? 
Work is ongoing in preparing a system to enable a farmer identify whether their farm falls within a cooperation zone, a CP zone. Further details will be published by the Department of Agriculture as the zones are further refined into eight chosen regions. You can check AECM on the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine website through www.gov.ie and follow on. The closing date for a seat of tenders is looming on 8th of March 2022. It's estimated that up to 20,000 farmers in these CP cooperative zone areas would earn €10,500 each. Thanks, John. People are being encouraged to have their say on water quality at a series of online public meetings to be held in Cork. It's part of the public consultation on the draft River Basin Management Plan and submissions are being invited online until the end of March. A series of virtual meetings will get underway in Cork from next Tuesday in the city, followed by North West and East Cork throughout the month. The plan set out an increased ambition on how water quality is managed in Ireland, given the demands on services, including agriculture, urbanisation and wastewater treatment. The draft plan also takes account of the impacts of climate change on water and biodiversity. Next, Murray Tuhig has details of the MACRA events this week. Hi Barry, it's Murray here, Shandoon PRO and Ballancolic PRO. Caper semi-finals will take place across two venues on February 19th. In Aero Call, Glanmire, Ballancolic, Bantir, Barry Row and Dunamore will perform and in St James's Hall in Athboy, Callan of Kilkenny, Athboy of Meath, Mount Melick of Leash and North Kilkenny will perform. Three teams will go through from each of the semi-finals to the national final, which will be held on the 5th of March in Capricorn Community Centre in Waterford. So best of luck to all involved and I'm sure practice is in full swing right now. Avondoo Macra are running a mental health first aid course in the Bonds Cork on February 20th and 27th. The course will be certified by Mental Health Ireland. Carberry Macra will host a dinner dance on Saturday, April 2nd at the West Cork Hotel in Skibbereen. It gets underway from 7pm and there'll be a three-course meal, dancing and plenty of crack, I'm told. Carberry YFDD are hosting a farm walk on Saturday, February 19th on the farm of John Buckley in Bantry. A representative from Sense Hub will be there as well to talk about the collars on the cows that John uses and the benefits of them. You can visit the Carberry YFDG Facebook page for the air code. Miss Macra is set to return this year after restrictions meant the last two festivals had to be cancelled. The festival will take place over the August bank holiday weekend and it will be the 50th anniversary. You can keep an eye on our social media pages to see what we're up to and new members are always welcome. Thank you. A voluntary one-day duration course in agri-environment and farm safety training has been organised by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConlogue TD, and Ministers of State at the Department of Agriculture, Senator Pippa Hackett and Martin Hayden TD, have announced the launch of the new agri-environment training scheme, AETS for Farmers. The initiative is a voluntary training scheme open to all farmers to help improve their knowledge of agri-environment initiatives and particularly farm safety. This voluntary scheme is part of Ireland's RDP Rural Development Programme for the period 2014-20 to inclusive and is being made available in the transitional period before the proposed commencement of Ireland's new CAP strategic plan next year 23. A budget of €7 million is being made available for this voluntary scheme. 
The objectives of the scheme are to train AETS farmer participants in environmental practices and standards, to enhance the uptake and execution of future agri-environment schemes, and also to highlight the vital importance of farm safety. The courses will be created and undertaken by advisors approved by the department as trainers for this specific scheme, AET Trainers, and they will provide a voluntary one-day course for interested farmers. At least half of the scheme will be delivered on a farm. Minister Hackett said the next cap in Ireland will be the most ambitious from an environmental point of view. It's important, she said, that farmers will be well-placed to make the most of the available schemes and this training initiative with its focus on on on-farm biodiversity and results-based focus will help them to do exactly that. Minister Martin Hayden pointed out that as Minister with Responsibility for Farm Safety, he was determined that this type of training initiative should include a module on farm safety. Minister Hayden said, We must take every opportunity to get the message of safety first onto farms, and this scheme provides the opportunity to do that in a real-world setting. Last year, he said, we had seen a significant improvement in our farm safety record, and we must not become complacent. Every life lost on a farm is one too many, and there is still much work to do. €7 million has been allocated for the scheme. Further information about the AETS scheme available on the department's website. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. The Irish Farmers Journal reports this week that farmer margins will be squeezed for 2022 as input costs rise. Comparisons with a year ago show huge increases for some items, fertiliser, plant protection products and fuel prices in particular, while output prices have not seen the same increases. To explain a bit more on this, I'm joined by Irish Farmers Journal political correspondent Pat O'Toole. Well, we have record prices at the moment for meat and milk and crops uh, in many cases. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The escalation of input costs has just wiped out 
uh, any benefits to farmers. And you're talking about very tight net margins. We have already seen the vegetable sector and pig sector in, in particular uh, in crisis. Poultry farmers also, um, because so many of their costs are feed and, and energy. But in terms of, the, I suppose, the, the main sectors of dairy, sheep, cattle, tillage. We're looking at, for dairy and tillage, costs are about 50% up on last year. And for sheep and cattle, uh, for dry stock farmers, costs are going to be up by over a third. So huge uh, increases in costs and, you know, the kind of cost that would eat any margin uh, away. Uh, it's not just in farming this is happening, but it's happening particularly in farming this year. Fertiliser was the one that was much talked about in recent weeks, Pat, but there's more to it than that. It's not just fertiliser. There's a lot more costs involved on the farm uh, and they're all rising. Fertiliser is, is still the one that has been, had the most dramatic increase. Urea up 185%. General fertilisers up about 125% uh, in terms of on-farm costs. That is by far the most significant uh, single factor. But it, the fertiliser increases are being driven by oil prices and fuel prices, especially nitrogen being driven by, uh, because there's a direct link between nitrogen and, uh, and fossil fuels. Also, uh, the trade disruption that's been caused primarily by uh, by the pandemic and also now by Brexit locally and then across Europe uh, by the uh, escalation of tensions and uh, trade disputes between Russia and the European Union. So fuel costs are up 30% because of the, uh, the almost doubling in prices. Electricity is up and that's a significant uh, cost for, for dairy farmers. It's up uh, almost 50%. Um, the uh, machinery costs are up about 20% and then feeds up about 20%. Uh, and then uh, for tillage farmers, crop protection products, pesticides are up about 15%. Uh, seeds are up 10%. So we're seeing an escalation of costs across the board. You can be sure that pretty much anything is going to be 10 to 15% dearer than last year. And then, of course, the you know fuel fertilizer feed up much more than that. And on the output side, then what are we seeing in the market at the minute, Pat? Uh, well, we're seeing very good dairy prices and very good prospects for dairy prices. We're seeing uh, uh, cattle prices are still very solid. Farmers are paying a lot for store cattle. I mean, Adam Woods was reporting from a large sale where where prices started high and stayed high all day for good young stock. Uh, the prospects are good, but Farmers are going to just have to cut their cloth very carefully this year because even with good prices, margins will be uh, will be tight for sheep and cattle farmers. Uh, dairy farmers uh, will have to be careful, although the price prospects seem very good for dairying for the year ahead. Uh, and then the grain uh, is in a different situation because we have no idea what yields will be like, what the growing season will be like. It's much more variable than... Uh, and, and much more out of the control of farmers, much more weather dependent than uh, the output from dairy and livestock farms. So if we have these high costs incurred uh, in terms of inputs and then we have a bad year in terms of yields uh, and harvest, it's a real nightmare scenario for the tillage sector. It's the most vulnerable outside pigs, poultry and vegetables.
Pat O'Toole, political correspondent with the Irish Farmers Journal. Well, Kieran Collins, crop specialist with Tiagask, is with us this week. And following on that tillage theme, Kieran begins a discussion on the prospects for tillage farmers this season, bearing in mind the cost increases. Yeah, I suppose it is. Like we're following, I suppose, just as before I start, like on you know a good year where things came together. I suppose costs were reasonable. Obviously, we had the output price in in the grey, and then we had good weather, which obviously is crucial in tillage. You know, you can have a great crop and not get the weather to harvest it. So I suppose following on from that then, obviously fertiliser is the is a huge one. You know, that's the one when we do our Chagas customer terms every year, they're, they're available there on the website for anyone. But like fertiliser is the one that jumps off the page. Like I was just doing a few sums, Barry, and like spring barley fertiliser costs on our customer terms booklet is up 120% on last year. And then, you know, you have a very high input crop like winter wheat. It's up 143% on last year, you know. So that's they're obviously massive increases. Um, now, there are other costs as well uh, to be factored in, I suppose. Plant protection products, um, you know, vary a little bit depending on products, but you can generally factor in maybe between 1% and 5% there. But, you know, that all adds up. Seed is another significant one in that, you know, you had a high grain harvest price last year and that feeds into the seed price for this year. So, again, that's that's the one that's taken a, a kind of a biggish jump. But then there's the whole area around machinery. You know, uh, everybody knows that, that fills their car with petrol or diesel these days, obviously, that, you know, fuel has gone up. And that's a big one on, on, on tillage farms. Also, the cost of, you know, spare parts and machinery, they're, they're all significant ones as well. So, you know, putting the whole lot together, you do have quite large increase in costs. I suppose on the positive side, currently grain markets are quite strong. You know, and I suppose that's um, that's that's something we hope will hold. And you know, people have been getting good forward prices for the likes of beans, in particular, two sixty five, and offered there locally. And then, you know, your 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 forward prices for barley are north of two hundred. You're looking at board mall there with prices, you know, 250, 260 up, you know. So again, we do need these price increases to keep the keep to keep the costs at bay, you know. On a more practical note, Kiran, there is a crop walk planned next week that you can tell us more about. Yeah, I suppose it, it kind of ties in nicely with the kind of start of the season and just the stuff I've been talking about there in relation to, to fertilizer. So it's on uh, next Wednesday, that's February the 16th, at 11 o'clock in the Department of Agriculture Farm there in Ballyderown, just outside from I. I suppose tillage farmers and, and the trade would, would be quite used to the location. Um, you know, as far as the department do their variety testing. So we'll be discussing, I suppose, all areas around winter crops mainly, you know, because of the time of year. We'll have another walk in, in April, which will deal with, with spring and winter crops. But I suppose, obviously, fertiliser is, is the key one at the moment. And as I said, some of the stuff I just discussed there will we'll certainly be on the table. And we'll be looking at wheat, barley and oats, and we'll be looking at um, an area as well with Dermot Forestry coming down from Chagas and Oak Park. And Dermot has done a lot of research in on... Um, on, on headland management and the like and compaction and that so Dermot is going to um, 
to talk to us about that as well. So they'll be the, the key things, I suppose, the current management of, of winter crops, Barry, would be the, the key thing we'll do there. And do people need to register for this, Kieran? No, yeah, thankfully we're out of the, the pre-registering now, so it's literally turn up like, I suppose, the last walk we had was in, in, in February 2020, actually, just before it all, it all shut down. So, no, uh, obviously social distancing and, you know, uh, abide by, by all the regulations, but there's no pre-registering this time anyway, Barry. And we'll have more with Kieran on the Tillage Prospects this season in next Wednesday night's programme. A Common Fisheries Policy Review Group has been set up. The group will involve representatives of stakeholders including producer organisations, National Inshore Fisheries Forum, the aquaculture industry, co-ops and the seafood processing industry. It will also include representatives of environmental NGOs, non-governmental organisations and its purpose will be to examine the issues arising for Ireland in the context of the CFP Common Fisheries Review to advise the Minister on priorities for the negotiations and to identify strategies most likely to influence the outcome of the review. Minister McConnell will ask the group in making their recommendations in relation to the CFP Common Fisheries Policy Review to focus on supporting the social and economic health of our fisheries-dependent coastal communities, the economic development of our seafood sector, delivering long-term sustainability of fish stocks and maximising protection of habitats and the marine environment. CFP, the Common Fisheries Policy Regulation, provides that the European Commission would report to the European Parliament and the Council on the functioning of the CFP by the end of this year, 22. The European Commission has launched an online questionnaire as part of its public consultation on the preparation of this report. The European Commission has stated it intends to close this consultation process with a stakeholder event before the summer of this year, 22. Minister McConnell has asked the review group to complete its work by June of this year to ensure that Ireland's priorities are clearly set out and inputted into the formal commission process. Minister McConnell said he is issuing an invitation to the relevant stakeholder organisations for nominations to the group and he expects the group to get to work once all nominations to the group are in place. Membership Terms of Reference for the Group and Review of the Common Fisheries Policy, Chair John Malone, Steering Group, Michael O'Kaneda, Donald Maguire, Rapporteur, Michael Keating, Group Members, Fishing and Aquaculture Representatives, one representative each from the following, Irish South and East Fish Producers Organisation, Irish South and West Fish Producers Organisation, Killybegs Fishermen's Organisation, Irish Fish Producers Organisation, Irish Islands Marine Resource Organisation, National Inshore Forum, Irish Fish Processors and Exporters Association and IFA Aquaculture. One representative for each of those. And the co-ops, two representatives, environmental NGOs, non-governmental organisations, two representatives. Minister McConnell reiterated he was asking the group to make recommendations related to the review of the common fisheries policy which support the social and economic health of our fisheries-dependent coastal communities, the economic development in our seafood sector, whilst delivering long-term sustainability of fish stocks and maximising protection of habitats and the marine environment. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103.
An urgent meeting is being sought with Minister Eamon Ryan by the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association. It's been alleged by the ICSA that regulations regarding treatment of green waste shows the government is completely out of touch regarding burning prohibition. ICSA Rural Development Chair Mr Tim Farrell has reacted furiously at what he calls the lack of consultation around the removal of the exemption for burning of green waste. He said the government is completely out of touch with the practical realities of managing hedges and trees on farms. Mr Farrell said at a time when the CAP strategic plan is heavily focused on incentivising more trees and hedges, it just beggars belief that Minister Eamon Ryan would send a very strong signal out to not apparently plant any more hedges or trees. That's been the claim of Tim Farrell, ICSA Rural Development Chair. Mr Farrell explained that farmers regularly have to deal with green waste when they tidy up hedges which have gone out of control or when they make sure that hedges will be trimmed so as not to cause a road safety issue due to lack of visual impact. It also arises, Mr Farrell said, when old trees die or are blown down in stormy weather. Mr Farrell said while farmers generally make every effort to harvest as much firewood as possible, the practical realities are there will always be material left which is no practical use and cannot be harvested. He said the only cost-effective and efficient way of dealing with this is to actually burn it. He said it would be prohibitively expensive to hire in a mulching contractor and in some cases the land isn't accessible, especially in wintertime when this kind of work is being done. The ICSA, he said, was particularly annoyed that there had been allegedly no consultation whatsoever about this and no effort had been made to engage by Minister Ryan's department. Mr Farrell said, this is shockingly disrespectful and leaves farmers in an impossible situation. The ICSA chair said that Minister Ryan had allegedly in one fell swoop destroyed the motivation of farmers who were most likely to deliver green public goods. The minister had sent a signal that trees and hedges were a costly nuisance rather than a resource apparently. But he said this resource requires ongoing maintenance and management which includes being able to deal with green waste generated in a practical and cost-effective manner. The ICSA Rural Development Chair said his organisation ICSA was now calling for an urgent meeting with Minister Eamon Ryan on this with a view to getting the exemption restored and ensuring that sanity prevails. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. GIY and Innocent aim to get 50,000 children growing their own food in classrooms across the country this spring. It's all part of an initiative called The Big Grow and Barry Flynn of GIY is here to tell us all about it. Going back to year one, it's it, uh, long before my time at GIY but it, it's only gone from strength to strength, you know, as um, you know, the schools that have taken part have kind of continued to, to take part um, and then new, new schools have joined over the years. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really gone from strength to strength and, you know, we're at the point now where there's there's kids, you know, leaving secondary school or going into college uh, who, would, who would have done the big grow. Hopefully they're, they're, you know, continuing on their, their growing journey as they get older. And how does the project work then for each school participating? Yeah, so it's very simple. Um, basically, we have uh, classroom growing kits available for free for teachers. So there's uh, enough kits now. Uh, there's about 1,500 uh, kits available. So that'll help about 50,000 uh, kids uh, start growing. So each, each uh, free kit comes with 
32 uh, packs of seeds, cups, and compost discs. And so every every student in the class is able to to grow something in their own um, their own little cup. It's all very very straightforward. Um, and all teachers have to do to, to get one is go to innocentdrinks.ie forward slash big grow, uh, and then they can they can register to get one. Uh, and if they're not too late, they'll get one sent over for free. Um, and that's it's as simple as that. And then I suppose the other really important thing is that not just you know do you get the materials, you also get loads and loads of resources to uh, to make it as as educational and as fun as possible um, to uh, to take part. So there's loads of uh, of resources uh, on the website as well. You know, even if you if you miss out on getting a kit, you can still download download all of those lesson plans and, and everything else, um, and and you know teach kids how to grow either way. So um, yeah, it's 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 really simple, and and I think that has probably uh, helped its popularity. It's been very easy for for teachers to to work with. You know, it doesn't require a background in in agriculture or gardening or anything like that. It's uh, it's very straightforward and. That's really the, the critical thing for us is that we want to make food growing as accessible as possible, as normal as possible. And we want, you know, every, every kid in, in the classrooms in Ireland getting that experience. And no better place to start. And is it all the traditional vegetables that we know of, that, you know, that they're getting involved with? Well, so we, we get the kids started with a couple of easy ones that are, are suitable for, for cups inside the classroom. So uh, this year it's, uh, it's mixed uh, salad leaves, uh, peas and radishes. Um, so they're all you know, easy to, to grow inside a cup. And then, you know, you can grow all of those to the point where you can eat them uh, in, in, in just a cup, maybe just pea shoots, if not, not full peas. But then the idea is really that it kind of triggers that interest. So, you know, what we always see happening in schools is that they start with the compost discs and the cups and the, and the seeds and, and they're growing something quite small. But then suddenly they're, they, you know, they, they get an interest um, and teachers get an interest. Um, and before, before long, you know, the people are out digging up a little patch uh, in, their, in their school um, you know, planting potatoes and carrots and everything else. So it's, it's you know, it's an addictive um, uh, game, you know, uh, growing food. So we always see people kind of take it on to the to the next level. And there is a competition based around it as well. Basically, all you have to do uh, w- once you get a kit is um, show us how you're getting on, just, um, you know, on social media um, using, uh, uh, you know, tagging uh, DIY or Innocent Drinks uh, using the hashtag The Big Grow, you know, share pics, uh, share videos. You know, we've seen amazing creativity from kids all over the country, you know, coming up with songs or coming up with art projects from what they've been growing. Um, so we just look for whatever school is getting most excited about the project uh, will then be crowned the Big Grow Champions uh, for 2022 and then they'll, they'll win a school garden prize at the end. So we uh, we revamp a, an existing school garden or we'll, we'll help uh, get a new one started for for um, the winners yeah, each year. And Cork has had some success. Most recently, last year in 2021, we were overall winners, I think, of the Big Row. Indeed, yeah. Reigning champions, uh, Carraganima National School in County Cork. Yeah, exactly. It's a, a small school, two teachers and about 21 kids, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, the whole school getting behind it, which is brilliant to see. You know, we, we, we think of our... Um, uh, the, the, the kits as, you know, for one classroom, but in this case, it was for the whole school, uh, which is brilliant. Um and yeah, you know, there's, there's bound to be a stiff competition this year, uh, I'm sure. So, you know, it's, uh, it's important that all the, all the schools in Cork are, are doing everything they can to keep the trophy in, the, in its rightful place. And finally, then, schools that might still want to get involved, if there's time and I suppose, if there's enough of product to go around, how can they do that, Barry? Basically, go as quick as you can to innocentdrinks.ie forward slash big grow. Uh, and that's where you can, you can sign up and register for a kit. Um, and it's really just a first come, first serve situation so you know they, they, they do go quickly you know teachers are all, always keen to, to get involved for a new year so uh, as soon as you hear it do do rush um, and try to snap one up um, and if you're late you know don't worry that like, there's still loads of, of free guides to download lesson plans like all kinds of great stuff 
and you know it's it's not it's not too difficult to get you know your hands on some on some seeds uh you know to uh, you know recycle some cups uh you know grab a bag of compost you know there's no reason why you couldn't uh, have a little growing adventure in the classroom this year uh, either way but, but hopefully you'll get there in time and, and snap up a big grow kit Barry Flynn of GIY on the plans to get 50,000 children growing their own food in classrooms across the country this spring. Caroline Jennings is with us again this week with an update on ploughing events in Cork West. The Gork Ploughing Association held their ploughing match last Sunday, the 6th of February, on the lands of the Toomey family, Lissalan. The results are as follows. Senior conventional, first, John Murphy, 118 marks. Second, Jim Grace, 117 marks. Third, Kieran Coakley, 116. Intermediate, first, Jerk Kirby, with 115 marks. Second, Johnny O'Donovan, 114 marks. Third, Stanley Dean, 113 marks. And fourth, Jackie O'Driscoll, with 102 marks. The under 28s, first, James O'Sullivan, with 112 marks. Second, David Walsh, 101 marks. And third, Niall O'Driscoll, with 100 marks. There was one competitor in the ladies, and that was Katie Hayes. The Makra, there was first uh, Michael White with 89 marks and second Andrew Donovan with 85 marks. In the under-21s, we had first Noel Nine with 103 marks, second Jeff Witcherly with 101 marks and third James Jennings with 84 marks. In the three-furrow, we had first Matthew Coakley at 100 marks and second Cyril Maguire with 87 marks. In the reversible, in the three-furrow, we had one competitor, Tim Lawler, with 90 marks. And the same in the under-28s, we had Flora Witcherly with 89 marks. The senior reversible, first, Jer Coakley with 119, second, Michael Witcherly with 112. The vintage hydraulic senior, first, John O'Neill with 99 marks, second, Dennis Commons with 94 marks, third, Leslie Wolfe, 82 marks, and fourth, Mike Coomey with 68 marks. In the vintage hydraulic novice, we had first, Jer Collins with 82 marks, second, Padjo O'Donovan, with 77 marks, third Vincent Bennett with 74 marks and fourth Sean McCarthy with 59 marks. In the trailer we had one competitor, John Wolfe, who got 97 marks. And in the single furrow we had one uh, competitor and that was Gordon Jennings and he got 92 marks. And we had a novel, well we had uh, Francis Norton who came all the way from Clare with the Iron Hearts and he got 58 marks. The next prime match to be held, weather permitting, will be Kilmeen's ploughing match. And that will be on Sunday the 13th of February on the lands of John and Declan Bottomer, Gera Rossmore. Ploughing will commence at the 11am sharp. Entries have to be into Jerk Collins on 087-775-1001 by today, Saturday, the 12th of February by 12 noon. West Cork-based ICSA National President Mr Dermot Kelleher has called on all hunts to respect the wishes of farmers when it comes to accessing their lands. Mr Kelleher said that there could be all sorts of reasons why a farmer might not want to hunt to cross their farm. So, he suggested, if a farmer deems it's not appropriate for horses and hounds to pass through their land on a particular date, then those wishes should be respected. Dermot Kelleher quotes Horsesport Ireland as saying there are over 30,000 mounted hunt followers and 300 hunt clubs in every part of the country. Hunting constitutes the largest equestrian activity in Ireland during the hunting season running from October to March, according to the information quoted from Horsesport Ireland by Mr Kelleher. 
He went on to say that now is the busiest time of the year on most farms, with sheep lambing and cows calving. Many farmers, he said, were on duty 24 hours a day, and it was, he said, unacceptable that a farmer would receive a text message informing them that a hunt would cross their farm the following day, and to make sure to keep their cattle in and their sheep be out of the way. That, he said, was not good enough. The ICSA president said the time for getting farmers' consent was when these events were being planned well in advance and when routes were being decided. And if you did not have the explicit consent of a farmer, then you must choose an alternative route for your hunt. The ICSA leader emphasised that working farms were not playgrounds. Livestock could be dangerous and could be equally panicked by the appearance of a fast-moving hunt and excitable hounds. In the interest of fostering good relationships with local farmers, he would urge all hunting clubs to kindly seek consent well in advance of any hunt taking place, and to respect the decision of any farmer who says they cannot accommodate a hunt during these busy times. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. And thanks to John for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thank you for listening. 